So we've been doing um, our life stories, basically our testimonies. Um, it's been really neat. I always love getting to hear from all the different people and just hear how God works through all different stories. And I think sometimes we think that your testimony has to be really cool and like this epic moment, but most of them are not. And it's God working through you throughout your life. And so it's just really, really neat to get to um, hear it. And so if you've been here a while, you've probably heard bits and pieces of my story as I've spoken. Um, so a little bit of background about me. I'm from Lubbock, Texas. Um, yay. It's out in West Texas. We're kind of, you know, in our own little world. It's the land of dirt and wind and tech. Um, so it was a fun place to grow up. Two rumors, though, about Lubbock that I have to set everyone straight on is, no, I did not ride horses to school. Um, I have actually gotten that question. Um, I do have a lot of rodeo champions and cowboys in my family, though. And the other one is there's tumbleweeds everywhere. Um, they're not everywhere, but yes, they were in my backyard, and they were a lot of fun to play with as a kid. Tumbleweeds, they're the best when you have nothing else. No trees, you have tumbleweeds. Um, so here I have some pictures just when I was a baby, and that's my brother. Oh, I know. That's my brother, Mason. I have one older brother. Um, you know, I was born in 88, but we definitely had, like, the 90s style, like, the perm that went terribly, terribly wrong, and the overalls and the high waist. I mean, it's funny how like all those fashion come back in style, right? Um, so I grew up in a great home, a loving home. Um, I have a great, loving, supportive family. Um, I'm still close with them. Uh, my brother took his big brother role very seriously. So he beat me up. He like smothered me with pillows. He did all the things that you sisters absolutely hate. So we were not close growing up, but we, as we have gotten in the same stage of life, we have gotten a lot closer. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Um, so one thing our family loved doing, I think I may have another slide of it. We grew up going camping and fishing and going out on the lake. I mean, that's like what we did. We just went camping all the time. And I, so I still love that a lot. Um, and two things that I was passionate about growing up that I still really love, I also have a, you can turn to the next slide, was dancing and music. <laughs> My very first dance, I was a dancing poodle. Um, so I grew up dancing from the age of like three to 18. Um, I loved it. I did tap, jazz, ballet, lyrical. Uh, my favorite was tap, which was so much fun. It's like drumming with your feet. Um, and then I did piano for a while, and then I quit in high school so that I could focus on drumline. Um, my senior year, I was actually drum captain, which means you get to be like head of the drumline. It was so much fun. Um, my sophomore year, I was bass drum, and y'all know I'm short, right? So I'm second bass, which is the second smallest, but it was still like here, you know. And so I couldn't see where I walked, so I literally, in front of the entire band, walked into a trash can and then rolled over the trash can in front of everyone. Uh, that's always a good moment. You really learn to get over things. Um, so as you can see, what I really love to do is I love to be in front of people. I love to perform and I love dancing. I'm sure this is a shock to you because you all know I'm so quiet and shy. Like I hate being right. Um, so this is just what I've always loved to do. And so dancing, percussion, and school were just things I was naturally good at. Like, I always had good grades. Um, you know, I got to be drum captain. I didn't have to try super, super hard. 
But like most people, those things that I was so passionate about, that I was good at, those became my identity. Um, because have you noticed that I haven't even like mentioned church yet? Um, so that's my first word in my life story, which is shallow. Um, so I did grow up going to church. My family thought church was important, and so that's what we did every Sunday. And we, you know, Easter and Christmas, although every Christmas I was like, it's present time. So, like, why are we, you know, that's, that's where I was at. Um, I went to church because it was important, but beyond Sunday, I didn't really think about God. Um, we didn't talk about him at home. I wasn't really encouraged to read my Bible or to pray. Um, we just were good people, and we did the right thing. So you live a good moral life. Like, that's what she did. Um, so Christ was not important in my life, nor did I understand who Christ was, especially in relation to God. I just knew that he was a part of my religion, and I would see him on a cross every year, and that was about it. Um, in fifth grade, I prayed the prayer because that's what you do when you don't want to go to hell. So I checked that off my list, and I prayed the prayer, and I got into heaven, right? So obviously I didn't comprehend the gospel. I didn't understand what it was, but I did pray the prayer. Um, but really, though, I had an interest in God. I had an interest in following him, but I just, that was it. I didn't have anything beyond that. Now, if you know me at all, you know I'm a rule follower. I mean, I'm like the very definition of a rule follower. Actually, I found a definition of rule follower. Basically, a more proper version of the slang word square. Um, yeah. A person who always does what they're supposed to, even if it means sacrificing things like fun and happiness, who casts a judgmental gaze, gaze on everyone. I'm not quite that bad. I really, probably not. I'm not judgmental. I was also happy to follow the rules because if I didn't follow the rules, I get like super anxious and I feel really guilty. And so like I follow the rules, guys. I do not break rules. I don't make mistakes, obvious ones. I have plenty of sin, but I don't do what's wrong, right? Um, so I just did what was expected of me, and I was a good girl because deep down I wanted to be accepted, right? We all want to be accepted. Um, I mean, I knew my parents were going to love me no matter what, but I always wanted to achieve and be thought of well by people. And I didn't necessarily recognize that about myself, but my faith was shallow. I had an interest in believing in God and doing the right things because that's what I was taught, but there was no depth. I didn't understand who Jesus was or why I should obey. I just obeyed. Um, so, and it probably, again, came from this need to feel accepted because we all deep down want to be accepted, right? And that comes from God. We want to belong somewhere, and we do because God accepts us as his own child while we were still sinners. Romans 5.8, God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So we are accepted and loved and belong somewhere with God. Oftentimes we just try and find our acceptance in the, those things that we gravitate towards and those things that we're good at or the people around us. So even though I grew up with the shell of faith, God did use my childhood to give me at least a foundation and an interest in believing in God. And then my rule follower personality meant, you know, I did the right thing. Um, and so that got me into college. Um, but in college, that's where God really opened up my eyes. And that's my second word, which is recognition. Um, so there are several different things that happened during my time in college that really opened up my eyes to uh, what it means to be a believer who has genuine faith and not just claiming that I believe. 
So I went to the University of Texas, Hook'em, anyone? Thank you, all five of us. That's right. So, okay guys, I don't know if you know, but Lubbock is very, 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 very conservative. And so whenever I decided to go to UT, people were coming up to my parents and they were like, how dare you let your child go to Austin? She's gonna turn into a hippie. And um, I didn't, um, but they were like, we trust our daughter. Um, and so, and I will say UT was like the number one party school at the time. Cause you know, we had just won the championship, national championship, what, <laughs> Vince Young. Um, so, you know, people were concerned, but that's where I felt like God was calling me. And so I did feel a draw there, even though I applied to architecture school at all the places. That's what I wanted to be, guys. I wanted to be an architect. Can you imagine? I don't think, I don't think so. Um, so I got in everywhere else except UT, but for some reason I still felt this pull to go to UT. And so I did it. That's where I went. And, you know, it ended up actually being really, really great for my faith because it pushed me to make a decision about my faith. Because I had to choose, am I going to, to have this faith that my parents had and just go because my parents told me to go? Or am I gonna take ownership and make this faith my own and actually choose to really live this out? So remember how I said my identity was in my accomplishments. So going to a college is a lot bigger pond than like a 5A high school. So I had a lot of disappointing things happen. So I tried out for the UT drumline. I did not make it. Um, apparently, I, so the, the snare drum at where I grew up, we learned regular grip like this and everywhere else that's not Lubbock, apparently, use traditional grip, you know, where you see like the hand up. So I had to learn a brand new grip over the summer, which was really hard. And also I didn't practice like I should because I was cocky and I was like, oh, I'll be fine. Like I was pretty much guaranteed a spot at the UT drumline and so, I, was, I mean, at the tech drumline. So I was like, it'll be fine. Well, I didn't make it into drumline. And then I tried to transfer into the architecture school and I had like a really good GPA. I had a rec letter from the former dean. I also didn't make it into the architecture school. So I had to go into business school, which seemed so boring to me, um, but I did it. And so there was just a lot of disappointing things that happened, but it accomplished two things. First off, it started to deteriorate my identity because who am I now? Like I'm supposed to be a drummer. Well, now I'm not. I'm supposed to be really good at, at grades and getting what I want in academics. Well, now I'm not. Um, and so I had to start questioning who am I if I'm not these things? And it also led me to meet some very specific friends, um, strong believers that I wouldn't have met if I had been doing architecture or drumline, and they really had a huge impact on my faith later on. Um, so really these doors that God closed were really a blessing in disguise. And then begins my second year of college. And a couple weeks before class starts, I got into a really bad car accident. Um, I was driving on this road in Austin and it had just been raining, and so I was driving on this curve and I started hydroplaning and then I do what you're not supposed to do and I corrected the wrong way. And so I went over a median and head on with this very large truck and I had like a little Honda CRV, like a mini SUV. And I remember whenever I crossed the median and I saw this truck coming for me, I actually um, took my hands off the wheel and 
put it over my face and started praying, which I wouldn't recommend, you know, closing your eyes or taking your hands off the wheel. It's probably not smart. But for some reason, that's what I did, and I started praying. So obviously, I don't remember what happened next because I didn't see it. Um, but whenever I took my hands off, I was stopped. I was back on my side of the road. There were no cars around me, even though it had been packed with cars. And it was still. And then this woman came up and opened my car door and checked on me and said, are you okay? She said, stay right there. The ambulance is on the way. And then she disappeared. And I never saw her again. And then I ended up being fine. I broke my collarbone. And the lady that I hit was perfectly fine. But this event, it surprised me that my first instinct was to pray to God. And that's because God was not first in my life. I mean, I had just spent a whole year of my identity crumbling around me. And then this incident began a whole year of waking up to just my life is not centered around God. Who is God and what is my faith? And so I began to realize that while I was a good person and following the rules, I had such empty faith. I had not been living my life for God. I hardly thought about him at all except on Sundays. And I knew deep down there had to be something more to that because life is kind of meaningless if it's all revolved around your achievements or getting good grades or, um, you know, looking a certain way to people. Like, it's meaningless. So I knew there had to be something more than that. So there were a few other things that happened um, after that moment that just made me realize how shallow my faith was. Um, at one point, I got into a conversation with an atheist, and he asked me all these questions about science and, and evolution, and I didn't know anything about my, how to back my faith up to that. And so I realized I didn't know what I was believing in. I didn't know how to back up my faith. And then I went on a study abroad to London, and I got caught up hanging out with a group and going out, and I was legally able to drink, and so I would go out. And so the last night, I overdid it. I broke a rule, guys. I broke a rule. The next day, I was, like, devastated. Um, but I felt horrible. But really, what I realized is that the whole time, that whole summer, I had forgotten about God. Not once did I, I think I went to church maybe once because it was Hillsong and it was a famous church. And I had just not even thought about God at all. I was not living my life centered around him. And I realized that way I was spending my time, again, was so meaningless and pointless and just had no purpose in it. So after I'd started having all of these thoughts and just these things happen, um, sometime after this, my junior year, I met with a lady from Campus Crusade. She, it's a Christian organization on campus. And she wanted to meet with me to talk about sharing the gospel with the girls in my sorority. And so I was like, oh, that sounds great. You know, and so I met with her, and so she was, you know, encouraging me in that. And I was like, okay, this is great, but I have to ask you, what is the gospel? Because I had grown up in the church my whole life. I was like, I don't, I don't know what the gospel is. I know that there's, like, Jesus, right? Like, he's there. But I was like, I don't, I don't know the first thing about how to share my gospel. That's how shallow my faith was. And so how do you go to church your whole life and not know the gospel? 
I mean, how do you, the gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ, that he is Lord and Savior, that he came down, that he took our punishment on the cross, that he died and buried, and three days later resurrected and defeated death solely for you, that he took the punishment, and now by grace we have been saved. That is the gospel, and I didn't grasp that. And I didn't grasp that our faith should be life-changing. Romans 10.9 says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's it. But I, I didn't grasp the, the complete and utter need that we have for him, that it's not just some rule that I have to follow to get me salvation, but it's Christ's work that he has already done for you. So all of these things really woke me up, and I finally recognized my need for him as something more than just following after what everyone else does and trying to achieve all these other things. It's about being transformed. So that's my last word, is transformed. So all of these events made, made me, lead, led me to start actually spending time with God. I saw that I knew nothing about my faith, and I wanted to know what I supposedly believed. I wanted it to be more than just a religion. I had a few friends that were just on fire for God. And while we were both believers, I saw the way that they lived their life, and it was way different than mine. And so I wanted to see what that was about. So I just started to read my Bible every day. I mean, I would wake up a little bit before class, and I would get through two verses. I started in Philippians, and Paul, with his run-on sentences, I didn't understand a thing. But I did it. I kept going. And I read like two verses a day. And every day it got a little easier. Every day I understood a little bit more. And I started to grow so much that year just from seeking out a relationship with God. You know, something I read once is talking about how our life story is about transformation, not moralism. And up until this point, that's what my life was. It was moralism. I had no depth. I was just following rules because I was supposed to. So I finally understood it was about a relationship with God and a faith in Christ and then acting out of that faith to live for God, not about just being morally good for the sake of it. And this passage really spoke to me when I consider that in this 1 Samuel 15, 22. And it says, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to listen the fat of rams. So Samuel is getting on to Saul for making a sacrifice to God when he wasn't supposed to. He was supposed to wait. And Saul thought that he knew better, but he was still making a sacrifice to God. So he's like, I'm doing the right thing, right? But what Samuel is saying, that it's better that you follow after God instead of just obeying and doing these rituals just for the sake of checking it off your list. It's about a relationship with God, and it's about your heart having a heart for God. And at the same time, though, I can't look at this verse and think, oh, I'm saved and I have a relationship so I can do whatever I want, right? Because I had a friend confront me with that in college. And of course, I didn't know what to say, but look at Romans 6.15. It said, what then? Are we to sin because we are not under law but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves to the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that you who are once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart of, to the standard of teaching to which you were committed, and having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. 
So think about it. You're a slave to something. Like we all follow something, right? And either you're going to choose to follow after sin and do what you want to do and what you think is best, or you're going to choose to follow after God and his righteousness. And that's where a true purpose and freedom in life is found. So my life from this just took on a different purpose, and it became not about achievements for me, but it became about what what do you want me to do, God? Like, how can I spend my time with you and share about you? So that year, I ended up switching to a different church, and I got involved in a really great college ministry, and that's where I met my husband, Ben. He's the best. That Afro picture is the reason why I married him, because he's goofier than I am. Um, so, what? I am a hippie. Oh, I did become a hippie. Oh, I proved Lubbock right. That's okay. That was just one time. Um, uh, where was I, at, guys? Oh, right. So I started dating him. I met him a little while later. Um, but between like him and I was surrounded by a lot of like really solid believers. And so as I was growing, I had people in my life, a community that I could turn to and ask questions as I was reading the Bible and not understanding or trying to make decisions, you know, and what is a godly decision, what is wisdom. And I also got a mentor at that time. And the very first verse that she told me to memorize was Romans 12, 1. And it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So this verse was great because it gave me some direction. We don't just spend time with God or read the Bible for the sake of checking it off a list, because as you know, I'm prone to that. But it's we do it for the relationship with God, because he is the one who will transform our hearts, where we're no longer striving after what everyone else strives after, but we want to have a heart after God's own heart. And the more we know God, the more you desire him, the more you know him, the more wisdom you get, the more you become like him. So my time in college gave me a true passion for God, and I'm still in awe, honestly, to see how far he's taken me, and now I get to share the gospel with you guys every week, um, and I love it. Um, And he's still transforming me every day, Um, especially through parenting, because that's just the hardest job. So I wanted to end it with pictures of my kids. That's where you can really ooh and awe, because those are the cutest. Yeah. I know. I had to leave the baby one, because they're growing up too fast. Luke is going to start kindergarten. He's starting kindergarten, which I'm going to cry. And then Riley's in third grade, and they're the best. Um, But I'm going to pray, and then we can break out. Thank you all for listening to my story. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you that you are a personal God. Lord, that you come down to each and every one of us and that our stories all look so different in how you reach out to us, Lord, and how you open our eyes. And, and Lord, that's a great thing. That shows your creativity, God. And I just thank you for loving us so much that you love us all in our mess and you love us all in our stubbornness. We just praise you for that. We thank you so much for sending your son, Lord, and everything you've done for us. In the name of Jesus, amen. All right, y'all can break off.